Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is Will Rawson coming to you from the Will Rawson Podcast. I have not been on here for a while. In fact, I don't think I've been on here podcasting since probably the t- September 11th, to be exact. So, I'm going to try to podcast on here more and in 2021 with, you know, quite a few more podcasts. Hopefully, you know, a little better content for everyone. So, like, basically, let's see, I'm back from New Orleans, about that baby number two, in case anyone was wondering, it'll be a girl in December, so, got that going on, got work, let's see, I was going, I planned on doing a podcast for the Marine Corps birthday on November 10th, but I got busy, went to the... Marine celebrated the Marine Corps birthday in Tahlequah, Oklahoma, <clears throat> with the uh, Marines of Tahlequah. Which, by the way, if you're in, you know, the area, you know, Arkansas, you know, if you're in driving distance to Tahlequah, you know, a few hours, you know, I would highly recommend going to the Marines of Tahlequah birthday dinner. I mean, it's it's good stuff. I've been going several, I went several years, for several years now. I mean, I found out about the Marines of Tahlequah while I was going to school in Northeastern State University in Tahlequah, Oklahoma. They have a Marines of Tahlequah Facebook page, and that's when you can find out. Next year, you know, it'd be obviously like the weekend of the Marine Corps birthday, or like the weekend after. can't remember what day they said it was going to be next year. I think maybe the 9th. Not sure, but like it was a good time celebrating the 246th Marine Corps birthday. And I just like I said, just you know, if you don't have any plans and you're a Marine and you want to celebrate the Marine Corps birthday and you're in this not far from Tahlequah, I would recommend going there. Also, the 10th was this November 10th was the 40th birthday. Angel birthday for Marine Corps Medal of Honor awardee and 3-7 legend of Kilo Company, 4th Platoon, 2nd Squad, Corporal Jason Dunham. It was his 40th angel birthday. And what's been going on, let's see, on the news, outside of politics, which is kind of a shit show, but see, uh, they had the Kyle Rittenhouse, like, uh, trial where he was found not guilty of, you know, I guess it was, you know, they found him not guilty, they were able to self-defense, but I mean, then again, what little I saw the trial, like, I saw, like, the drone footage where it shows him not getting, like, shooting back until, or shooting until he was got attacked, like, three times, and then the one star witness for the prosecution is like, well, I didn't, when I pointed my pistol at, you know, at weapon at the uh, defendant, he shot me. Which, by the way, that star witness was a felon that was not supposed to legally own a firearm. And the other two people shot, one was a convicted pedophile who had like, you know, molested like five boys. And then the other was a guy that had been arrested and charged with domestic assault by like, in like, false imprisonment and stuff so they weren't like you know I mean I'm just saying sometimes karma works in mysterious ways 
Anyway, though, as far as, like, local stuff in Tulsa, we have... There's been some crazy stuff going on. There was, like, an incident where, like, two guys weren't... They were supposed to go to, like, a horse show or something like that in Fort Worth. They didn't make it. They disappeared. It's an older gentleman and a younger guy, like, well, like, 70s and 50s. So, like, the guy... And then here's where it gets the plot, like goes crazy or the story the story is crazy is <clears throat> the one guy the younger guy's mom comes from the prior area to look for the look for them like i guess look around find clues they find her car i think off a highway somewhere somewhere and she's now missing they found the car of the the vehicle the gentlemen were supposed to be in the two gentlemen and then they found one of the men some hunters found one of the men's body like his remains, and this is all. So this is in a Turley area. So like, and then apparently a fourth person had went missing at some point in Turley too, and they found that person's car. And then there was a lady missing out of high school. Now that is looking more like she was disappeared by her ex-husband just because, or her husband, or her current husband because she had, you know restraining orders and you know cops called on him for domestic abuse and stuff so i mean threatening to shoot her and her horses and stuff so that's what that's looking like is that one i would almost say is probably more than likely if something happened to her and she didn't just like kind of if she didn't go like just like kind of disappear and like go off grid for a little bit on her own the husband most likely did something on that one. And let's see also what's been going on. Let's see. You have uh, Aaron Rodgers had like, he ended up catching COVID and apparently it became a big deal because supposedly, I guess he they're saying he, he lied about, you know, getting the shot or being immunized. But I guess apparently he's allergic to some of the stuff in the COVID like shots or whatever so he did not he was taking some alternative there stuff that strengthened his immune system to that and that became a big deal for a minute he had to miss like a couple of games and jordan love eric could have kicked off with well we don't need aaron Rodgers," but love played like the packers needed aaron Rodgers still so aaron Rodgers came back and with the vengeance i think his first game I think they won his first two games back, or they won they won and won since his return from missing because of COVID. And then the Las Vegas Raiders have been in the news because, well, obviously, you know, they their coach John Gruden got fired or resigned because of some emails that happened with a bunch of derogatory comments and stuff in it. So he was forced to resign. Then their twenty, they're both their twenty twenty first round draft picks. Well. Got in some trouble. Quarterback, I think David Arnett, I think he was from Ohio State. He apparently had threatened someone with a gun, and then there's video of him doing it. So they released him. Something like that, like running into, you know, just stupid stuff that as a professional athlete, you know, making millions of dollars and realizing you could lose that, probably should try to avoid that. And then wide receiver Henry Ruggs, 
Well, he uh, got in an automobile accident where he was going 156 miles per an hour. It was a DUI wreck. Basically, he was intoxicated. He, him and his girlfriend, or it might have been his fiance, they crashed into the back of a car. And a young lady was like, you know, in the car they crashed into. She died and her dog died. So Ruggs is now facing manslaughter charges more than likely. So the Raiders released him and Arnett. Ruggs also got a gun charge because he apparently had a loaded weapon, I think, in the vehicle, which I think that's just, um, I mean, he's an American citizen. He's not a felon. He has the right to own a firearm. Now, I think maybe to own a pistol, you do have to be over 21. I'm not sure how old Ruggs is. He might be 20, and maybe he, that's the charge they're going after. But, I mean, it, and as far as like Tinwell, he was driving drunk with a firearm if he wasn't holding the firearm out the window, shooting at people, or, you know, waving the gun around. I don't really see how that charge will stick or should stick. That's just dumb. Which Ruggs also, the incident also got Kadarius Tony, a wide receiver for the uh, New York Giants out of Florida, who was a first-round pick in some trouble because he tweeted something. I guess people found it insensitive, and you know, it kind of became a deal. But, I mean... I think, you know, that's really, I mean, that's just some bad luck for the Raiders right now. And then I guess, what is it? Uh, oh, the Cal, US, Cal Southern Cal or USC game got postponed. It's the first major college football game this year to get postponed because of, I guess, COVID protocols. And let's see what else. We talk some more about sports for a minute. Let's see, we got uh, Nebraska is keeping head coach Scott Frost, which hey, I'm a firm believer in giving a coach three to five years. And if they show progress, which is always going to be in the win loss column, but you know, like they're more competitive, but maybe you play a tougher schedule. You know, you're graduating players. So Nebraska's going to keep Scott Frost. The LSU coaching carol, carousel, like who's going to be their next coach? Like a lot of rumors like Jimbo Fisher's denied it, but he was a supposedly a candidate. Lincoln Riley, supposedly they're going to offer him like $12 million a year or something. Or 12, yeah, like 12 years, $96 million or something. Then, you know, they were going to go out there, Mel Tucker from uh, Michigan State, but then Michigan State countered like, I think you're going to reach an extension for 10 years, $95 million or Eighty-six million or eight, something like that for him. But after the loss, Ohio State, I don't know if I would give Mel Tucker that much money. I mean, Manny Diaz is on the hot seat at Miami, which could, if he gets fired, could. Miami's bowl eligible right now, I think six and five. That could set off a, you know, a coach, a chain of events. Because I think some people say Lane Kiffin may head down south and leave Ole Miss for that, but. I don't know. If you could if he could lock down Arch Manning coming to Ole Miss, I think he would stay at Ole Miss for at least three till at least Arch, Arch Manning graduates. But anyway though, like LSU Lane Kiffin's also a candidate for LSU. Now the guy that the noise the guy that's quieted down for going to LSU, the Joe Brady to LSU talk is quieted down, but Dave Aranda from Baylor, the head coach there and former defense coordinator, his name is perked up as a guy going there. 
Let's see what else. Fortifier Dan Mullen, after giving up 52 points to Sanford and then losing to Missouri, or they got drilled the week before by South Carolina and then losing to Missouri in overtime on a two-point conversion. But Mullins kind of went downhill at Florida, if you look at it. His first year he was 10-3, 5-3 in the SEC. Then he went 11-2 his second year, 6-2 overall. She got better than the COVID year. He went 8-4 and four and 8-2 and two in the SEC. And now he's, Florida was 5-6 and six and 2-6, and six, having to beat Florida State at the end of the year to get bowl eligible. And if you look at the coaches that have been fired, or this is, this is the schools that have fired people. Akron fired their head coach, Tom Arth. UConn, Randy Edsel, uh, I think he resigned, and they're hiring Jim Moore Jr., former UCLA head coach. Florida International University, Butch Davis, will be out as Florida International as a coach. Florida obviously fired Dan Mullen. Too interesting to see who goes there. Georgia Southern fired Chad Lunsford and hired Clay Hilton, former USC coach, which the USC job is still open. James Flink, Franklin, I believe, was a candidate. I believe both. Uh, LSU and USC were kind of looking at his, you know, guy for both those jobs. TCU, Gary Patterson resigned. I believe, I mean, I think his deal was like the season wasn't over. He wanted to stay and get 200 wins, I think, and then retire or something like that or stay around. And TCU, I guess, maybe like tried to convince him to they were going to have like a Homecoming was going to be like Gary Patterson Day in the last game and kind of like force him out, so he just resigned. Texas Tech fired Matt Wells, who was a sell-all-saw Oklahoma guy. They have hired Joey McGuire, Baylor's assistant head coach, who was like a local high, he was a local high school coach in Texas, so he's got, you know, those Texas ties in the area, so he was a successful high school coach in Texas. Because there were a lot of rumors that Art Bryles or maybe his son, Kendall, would get that job. But they did not. Troy fired head coach Chip Lindsey. UMass fired Walt Bell, their head coach. They are hiring Don Brown, former Michigan defensive coordinator and former Matt UMass head coach. <clears throat> Obviously, USC fired Clay Heldon. Virginia Tech fired Joseph Fuente. Washington fired their head coach, Jimmy Lake. And in Washington State... Fired uh, head coach Nick Rolovich. Now it's partly to do with the whole COVID thing. I guess him and some of his staff were not going to get the vac- get vaccinated. And state of Washington employees are apparently, you know, they have to get vaccinated. And if you look at, like, college football, we're almost – season is almost over. We're at rivalry week is coming up this week. And then there will be conference championship week after that. But – Here's how things look in each conference. The American Athletic Conference, the AAC, has Houston is 8-0 and 10-1 overall. Then you got Cincinnati, 7-0 and 11-0. East Carolina is 5-2 and 7-4. And SMU and Tulsa and UCF are all 4-3 and in conference. SMU is 8-3. They are led by former OU quarterback Tanner Mordecai. Tulsa is 5-6. and six. They have to get one more win. And I believe they have to. They're playing SMU their last game. They have to beat SMU to go to bowl, get bowl eligible. UCF seven and four. Then you got Memphis and Navy at two and five. Memphis is five and six. They have to have one more bowl. 
They need one more win to get bowl eligible. Navy is two and eight. That sucks. Tulane is one and six and two and nine overall. Now Tulane was one of those teams that early on you thought Tulane might be a surprise team. A lot of people were high on Tulane after they played OU so well, but at the beginning of the season, but they couldn't capitalize on that momentum from that game. South Florida is one and six and two and nine. Temple is one and six and three and eight. Then if you go to the ACC in the Atlantic Division, you got Wake Forest at six and one and nine and two overall. Clemson is six and two and eight and three. North Carolina State's five and two. They are eight and three overall. Louisville and Florida State are four and four. Louisville is five. Florida State is five and six. Like you said, they got that game against Florida. Both of them will be battling for bowl eligibility. Syracuse is two and five and five and six. And Boston College is two and five and six and five overall. Boston College is one of those teams that when their starting quarterback Philip Jakobovich was healthy, uh, they were better, I mean, than their six and five record. I think they've lost one game since he's came back from injury. Then if you look at the coastal division, you got Pittsburgh led by Kenny Pickett, who's a Heisman contender. He's they're six and one and nine and two. You have Virginia and Miami at four and three. Both of them are six and five. And you have Virginia Tech, three and four, five and six overall. North Carolina and good old Mac Brown are three and four and six and five. Georgia Tech is two and six, three and eight overall. And Duke is 0 and 7 and 3 and 8. Then if you go to the Big 12, you got Oklahoma and Oklahoma State at 7 and 1 and both 10 and 1 overall. They will play this weekend in Bedlam. And I think both are guaranteed a I think a shot in the uh, Big 12 title game. So they'll basically rematch against each other a week later or so. Then Baylor's 6 and 2 and 9 and 2. You got Iowa State and Kansas State at 4 and 4. K-State is 7 and 4. Texas Tech is three and five and six and five overall. You got TCU and West Virginia also at three and five. Both of them are five and six. Texas is two and six and four and seven. Texas would lose to Kansas on a crazy two point conversion play to win the game from a walk on tight end that had not really played at all. In fact, I think the video was like pretty famous. Like, it, like the cell phone video of his parents going, was that our son, you know? And yes, it was. And that kid, I can't remember his name, but he signed an NIL with uh, Applebee's. So that's pretty cool. And then, but Texas is 4-7, and seven, and Steve Sarkeesian, he's already on the hot seat probably there. And Kansas, they're 1-7 and seven and 2-9. and nine. But you got to give Kansas some credit. They played the two blue bloods of the Big 12, Texas and OU, extremely well. Barely losing to Oklahoma and beating Texas. That's that's crazy. Now let's go to the Big 10. We got the Big 10 East where you got Ohio State at 8-0 and 10-1 and and Michigan at 7-1 and 10-1. And and then you got the 6-2 Michigan State Spartans and 9-2 overall. That's their record. Then you got Penn State is four and four and seven and four. Maryland and Rutgers are two and six, and both of them are five and six. And then you got Indiana, one of the biggest disappointments this year in the Big Ten. They're zero and eight and two and nine. And then the Big Ten West, 
Wisconsin is now, I believe, in the lead at six and two and eight and three overall. Although Iowa is also six and two, but they're nine and two overall. Then you got, but I think the record Wisconsin's lost. Their eight and three record has some non-con losses in there. And then you got Purdue at five and three and seven and four, and Minnesota is five and three and seven and four. Illinois and Brett Bielema are three and five and four and seven. Then you got Nebraska and Northwestern bringing up the tail end of the Big Ten West, both at one and seven and three and eight overall. So we'll see how. And I guess there's some people. I guess some statistics are saying Nebraska might be the best three and eight team of all time, but still three and eight. My biggest disappointment with Scott Frost in Nebraska is that Scott Frost didn't go back to his Nebraska roots and bring back the power eye and the option smash mouth Nebraska football. That's my biggest point, disappointment with Scott Frost. And then let's go to – Jump on over to Conference USA. In their Eastern Eastern Division, you have six and one Western Kentucky, or seven and four overall. You have five and two Marshall, also seven and four overall. Then you got Old Dominion at four and three and five and six. Florida Atlantic University is three and four and five and six. Then you got Charlotte, they're three and four and five and six. Middle Tennessee State, they're three and four and five and six. Then you got Florida International at zero and seven. In the conference, and one and ten overall. And then you go to the West. You got University of Texas San Antonio, seven and zero in conference play, eleven and zero overall. You got UAB Alabama Birmingham, five and two and seven and four. And then you got North Texas at four and three and five and six. North Texas is coached by former OU Sooner and Muskogee Ruffer Seth Luttrell. Then you got UTEP. They're four and three and seven and four. They were a team that had been down and. You know, the dirt for a while. They're getting back. It's good to see them getting bowl eligible. Then you got Louisiana Tech. They're 2-5 and five and 3-8. and eight. I think part of that was because uh, former OU quarterback Austin Kendall got hurt. Then you got Rice. They're 2-5 and five and 3-8. And, and then Southern Miss is 1-6 and 2-9 and and overall. And if we go look at the Independence, it's not a conference. So you got Notre Dame at 10-1, and one, BYU at 9-2. and two. Army seven and three. Liberty is seven and four. Yeah, UMass, New Mexico State, and UConn all one and ten. UConn used to be in the AAC, but I, they left, I believe, to go to the Big East for basketball. And Big East doesn't have football anymore for Division One, so they became an independent. And then if you look at, we go to the MAC, the Mid American Conference. You got. The West, you got Northern Illinois at six and one and eight and three. Central Michigan's five and two and seven and four. Eastern Michigan is four and three. Excuse me, seven and four. Toledo's four and three and six and five. You got Ball State and Western Michigan both at three and four, but Ball State's five and six and Michigan Western Michigan is six and five. In the East, you got five, you got. Miami of Ohio and Kansas State both at five and two, and both with six and five overall records. Then you got Ohio at three and four and three and eight overall. Buffalo's two and five and four and seven. 
Akron and Bowling Green are one and six. They're two. Akron's two and nine, and Bowling Green's three and eight overall. Then, if you go down to the Mountain West, the Western Division, San Diego State is six and one and ten and one overall. Fresno State five and two and eight and three. Nevada's four and three, seven and four. San Jose State, who was really good last year during the COVID years, three and four and five and six overall. So they're a little bit of a disappointment. And the non-power five, you got UNLV at two and five and two and nine. Tate Martell has not played a whole lot there for them. You know Hawaii at two and five and five and seven. Hawaii always gets to play an extra game before the bowls, even without the bowl games for some reason. Then you got the Mountain Comp, the Mountain Division. They are Air Force is five and two and eight and three. Utah State also five and two and eight and three. Boise State's five and two, but they are seven and four overall. You got Wyoming and Colorado State at two and five, but Wyoming is six and five. I believe they started the season off like three and zero or four and zero. Wyoming and then Colorado State is three and eight. New Mexico is one and six and three and eight overall. Then let's go to the Pac-12 North. Oregon is six and two and nine and two. Oregon State is five and three and seven and four. Yeah, Washington State at five and three and six and five. Cal is three and four and four and six overall. You got Washington at three and five and four and seven and Stanford. Disappointment. Disappointing year for them. They're two and seven and three and eight overall. Then the Pac twelve South. Utah is seven and one and eight and three. They just beat Oregon this weekend, which basically ended Oregon's chances pretty much of getting into playoffs. Utah is eight and three overall. Arizona State is five and three and seven and four. UCLA is five and three and seven and four. USC is three and five and four and six. Colorado is three and five and four and seven. And then Arizona is one and seven and one and ten overall. I believe Arizona beat Colorado for their first win, but Colorado may have had a lot of people out because of a uh, COVID or something. Then if you go to the SEC. Georgia, the number one team in the land, is eight and zero and eleven and zero overall. Kentucky is five and three and eight and three. And then you got Tennessee and Missouri at three and four. Both of them are six and five. South Carolina is three and five and six and five overall. Then you got Florida at two and six and five and six. You got Vanderbilt at zero and seven and two and nine. And then Bama is in the West. Alabama is six and one overall and ten and one. Ole Miss is five and two and nine and two. A and M and Mississippi State are both four and three. A and M is eight and three overall. Mississippi State is seven and four overall. Then you got Auburn and Arkansas at three and four. Auburn is six and five overall, and Arkansas is seven and four overall. Then you got LSU at two and five and five and six. Then if we go to the Sun Belt, Group A, Appalachia State is six and one and nine and two overall. Georgia State is five and two and six and five. Then you got Coastal Carolina, who for a while was one of the darlings of the non-power fives. They're five and two and nine and two overall. Troy is three and four and five and six. Georgia Southern is two and five and three and eight. Then in Group B, you got Louisiana or Louisiana Lafayette. They are seven and zero oh and ten and one overall. So I mean, their conference championship for the Sun Belt is probably going to be a good one. Good game to watch. And you got Texas State two and five and three. Louisiana Monroe and South Alabama also have. 
Louisiana Monroe is four and seven. South Alabama is five and six. Then Arkansas State is one and six and two and nine overall. And I haven't seen the playoff rankings yet, but this is the updated AP and college coaches poll rankings. The AP has Georgia at number one, eleven and zero. That's what they they were the last poll. Ohio State jumped up to number two. They're ten and one, and number five. Alabama is dropped down to three. They're ten and one. They were previously two. Ohio State was previously number five. Cincinnati is four. They were they're eleven and zero. They were previously three. Notre Dame jumped up one to five. They're ten and one. Michigan jumped up from eight to six. They're ten and one. Oklahoma State jumped up from nine to seven. They're ten and one. Ole Miss jumped up from ten to eight. They're nine and two. Baylor went from eleven to nine. They're nine and two. OU jumped up from twelve to ten. They're ten and one. Oregon fell from number four to eleven. They're nine and two. Michigan State dropped from number 7 to 12. They're 9 and 2. BYU moved up 1 to 13. They're 9 and 2. AM moved up 2 to 14. They're 8 and 3. UT San Antonio stayed the same at 15. They're 11 and 0. Utah jumped up from 8 spots from 24 to 16. They're 8 and 3. Iowa moved up 1 to, 1 to 17. They're 9 and 2. Wisconsin moved up 1. To 18, they're 8 and 3. Houston dropped. Houston dropped two. To they went from 17 to 19. They're 10 and 1. Pittsburgh stayed the same. They're 9 and 2 at 20. Wake Forest dropped from 13 to 21. They're 9 and 2. San Diego State went up one to 22. They're 10 and 1. Louisiana dropped one to 23. They're 10 and 1. NC State went up one. From 25-24, they're 8-3. Arkansas dropped four spots to number 25. They're 7-4. Not really sure why Arkansas dropped when they played a really close game against Alabama, who's the number three team in the country. Then the coaches poll has... The coaches poll is... Let me look at it. Uh, It's almost a mirror of the AP... They have Georgia at one. They have Bama at two. Ohio State at three. Cincinnati is at four. And Notre Dame's at five. Michigan's at six. OSU's at seven. Ole Miss is at eight. So those are all the same. They have Baylor at 10 instead of OU. They have Baylor at 10 and OU at nine in the coaches' poll. So basically, they swapped OU and Baylor. And then they have Oregon and Oregon's at eleven. That's the same. They have Iowa at twelve instead of Michigan State. Michigan State's at thirteen. They have AM at fourteen, which is where they're at. They have BYU at fifteen. They have Houston at sixteen. Pittsburgh is seventeen. Wisconsin at eighteen. Utah's nineteenth. Te- University of Texas San Antonio's twenty. Wake Forest is twenty one, which is where they're at in the AP. San Diego State is the same, 22. Louisiana is the same at 23. NC State is the same at 24. They have Kentucky at 8-3 and three at 25. And Arkansas dropped out of the poll. They were 22nd. 
and Kentucky wasn't ranked. So basically, uh, outside of Bam and Ohio State, which did. Polls are the same. No, if I was doing the poll, honestly, I think I would, I would keep Alabama at two. I don't. I think I would put Oklahoma State ahead of Ohio State, not as a homer, but because their defense is just really good. I mean, if I did it, I think I would put OSU at four. I'd put OSU at four. I'd keep Cincinnati or OSU at three. I'd put OSU at four and Cincinnati at three. And I would keep Notre Dame at five. Michigan. I'd keep Michigan at seven. Baylor at eight. And I'd probably put Ole Miss at nine. And then probably have, honestly... My top ten team, I would probably have. That would be a tough one. My number ten team would be tough. But I probably have Ole Miss, like a ten or something. But that's the polls. I don't know what the playoffs are gonna look like. And if anyone's a wrestling fan, if you watched uh, Monday Night Raw, I guess a fan attacked Seth Rollins. From the stands. That was kind of crazy. But anyway. I hope to bring you. Like better content. Oh, I know content. Oh, I know what. Oh, I know what I was going to talk about. Oh, Julius Jones. I talked about that on one of my podcasts. He's the guy that was... Uh, he was charged with the mur- and convicted of the murder of Edmund businessman Paul Howe, who was murdered in front of his you know family, family members. And like his co-conspirator, I forgot the guy's name, had basically... I guess the deal was, Jones says he didn't do it. He was framed by the other guy. Apparently, the other guy bragged in prison to other people, several people, that he had framed Jones and got the plea deal so that he could, you know. And basically, Jones was sentenced to death. death. And, like, he was going to be executed, like, last week. But Governor Stitt commuted his sentence to life without the possibility of parole. So he spared him the death penalty. And, like, a lot of people were, like, athletes and different people, like Russell Westbrook, Big Mayfield, different guys were all, like, justice for Julius, he didn't do it. And the Howell family had justice for Paul Howell, and they were, like, he was the one that did it. But, I mean, there's, like, video of Jones driving, I guess, the stolen vehicle, because I guess they murdered him and stole his car. The gun was found at Jones's house, but, yeah, the one guy that was charged with him, they got the plea deal also, you know, he lived there, too. But it is all possible, though, that the guy, because, you know, in the street code and stuff like that, snitches get stitches. So if you dime out your buddy, you know, not the same thing in prison, probably, too, I imagine. You know, if you're like the guy that got the plea deal, you know, I mean, of course you might lie and say that you killed the guy and set the other guy up so that, you know, people think you're a smart, 
hard, tough criminal so that you don't get, you know, stitches or become somebody's, you know, bitch in there. So, I mean, it's possible that the other dude lied about that, setting Jones up, but it's possible that he wasn't. I mean, I think it's like 50-50 that Jones did it, but I mean, I definitely think his whole denying being involved, I mean, I've leaned more towards he was definitely involved somehow in it, but I don't know if he was a trigger man. I think that's like 50-50 to me, which is also means if it's 50-50, probably don't want to execute the guy just in case you find out he didn't do it. But the shitty, crappy thing about that is, is if he really didn't do it, the other guy already served the time and got out. And I don't know if they could try him again. But anyway, though, he was spared the death penalty and is commuted to life without the possibility of parole. We'll see how that goes. Anyhow... We'll see what's Thanksgiving's coming up, and I hope you know everybody has a good holiday. And just remember, there are people like less fortunate that you know won't have good Thanksgivings. So, like, if you can donate any way to help people, that you know, I think that would be great. Toys for Tots is also in full swing, I believe. As, you know, or like angel trees and stuff like that to help, you know, less fortunate, you know, kids and stuff like that and people. So, I mean, if you can give, I mean, please do. And always donate to like, there's charities to donate to. Like, I like to donate or do like groups to help people, different stuff. Like, I like to donate the Foundation for Exceptional Warriors and... Reunited after the war, a couple. You got the Marine Raider Foundation. You got the Marine Reconnaissance Foundation. You got Brother Recon. Like he's got like cool stuff you can buy, like like merchandise to support. You got the Salvation Army, John three sixteen missions, boys and Gore, boys and girls clubs. There's like different, like all kinds of different, like. Purple Heart Foundation, I believe, or Association. There's there's all kinds of, like, just charities, you know. You can look up Make-A-Wish. You know, St. Jude's, the Shriners. Different, you know, donating, helping people out. Catholic Charities. I mean, like I said, I haven't been on here in a while, and, you know... I hope before 2021 is over to bring you some, you know, interviews, just talking to people, maybe more of like a video podcast, some video podcasts and just, you know, my parting words for this would be, you know, just try to be a good person, decent person, you know, don't be a dick. You know, it's hard sometimes just like, you know. I believe this is episode 10, too. But this will be like, won't be the last episode for 2021. But, you know, just like help. Just be a good person. (sighs) 
And let's see. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I can think of on the news. Oh. El uh, Tesla CEO Elon Musk kind of burned old Bernie Sanders. For those of you that don't know. I guess like Bernie tweeted something about the rich need to pay their fair share or something like that. Millionaires and billionaires and Elon Musk tweeted back, I forgot you. I forget you're alive still sometimes. You think you want me to sell some more stock? Because, you know, for those who don't know, Elon Musk basically started a company, a few companies, got him going. It's like one of the richest men in the world now. And Bernie Sanders is a career politician that didn't actually have a real job till he was like 40. And hasn't really created any jobs for anyone except... Maybe his interns, if he pays them, I don't know. He might use, he might use unpaid volunteer interns. I don't know. And his staff, but let's just say Elon Musk has uh, created a lot more jobs and probably donated a lot more to charity than Bernie Sanders. But anyway, though he burned Bernie on that, and I guess like the UN said that if Elon Musk gave X amount of money, like. It would solve world hunger, and he actually challenged him to prove it, and he wanted to see where all his money was going, because if you don't know, the UN can be kind of a corrupt organization that the money doesn't go where it's supposed to. If you're not paying attention and you don't see where it goes, it could go in the pockets of other people, like people that work there. So I think Elon Musk is a smart enough man to realize that, so that's why he challenged him to prove it. And, you know, I hope he does donate money to help in, help with world hunger and solve it. But he wants to make sure that his money is actually going to go to that and and help people, not just go to, like, some U.N. bureaucrats. Or, you know, like, if you're, like, or, like, say, if it was helping stop hunger in Afghanistan, make sure it doesn't go to the pockets of the Taliban. So I get that. But anyway, though, I think that is all for today hopefully you find this 40 something minute podcast enjoyable for the two or three of you that actually listen I mean if anyone listens I don't know personally I just do this as kind of therapeutic hobby to do so you know and I'll say this about like as I'm talking about therapeutic hobbies, I would just say, you know, for the, my fellow veterans, you know, suffering from PTSD, remember, the world is not better without you. Reach out to your brothers and sisters in arms. And just remember what you've been through. And like I said, reach out. Buddy checks don't have to be always on the 22nd of every month. I mean, like I said, I always say I got to do better, like, you know, reaching out. So if I send you a random Facebook meme and I serve with you in the military or in the Marine Corps, basically, it's probably my way of saying, hey. But anyhow, I'm going to sign off and everyone have a good day. Enjoy your Thanksgiving and the rest of the week. And oh yeah, don't be crazy people on Black Friday. 
Let's not do that. All right, people. Will Rawson out.